disciplined investor is all about you, your money, and the markets. Sit back and get ready for this edition of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. This episode of The Disciplined Investor is sponsored by Horowitz & Company. If you're looking for a portfolio manager, look no further. Horowitz & Company. From seed through harvest, cultivating financial success. Hey, 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 we got trial balloons, we got leaks, and we got 75 basis points. Central banks are in a tizzy. Market gyrations making me dizzy. The key reversal indicator. Would you look at that? Interesting. And a review of the current economic conditions. All this and much more on episode number 771 of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. Well, get out of the way. Move, move aside. I mean, that light at the end of the tunnel, what it turned out to be was, yep, it was a freight train coming right to us, running us right down in the form of the Fed that is trying to self-correct, even though it's not their fault, right? I mean, uh, it was hard to see what was going on. I mean, we didn't know that all this excess monetary stimulus and the low interest rates would cause such an inflationary situation. No, who would have thought that? And on top of it, you know, well, uh, the war. Let's blame it on the war. Let's blame it on something. Well, another week and 50 megabytes full of fun and financial education right here on the Disciplined Investor Podcast. I'm Andrew Horowitz. Welcome to all of our new listeners because we are seeing an incredible amount of new listeners coming on board. So thank you so much. I'm not sure exactly where they're coming from, but I think probably with all of the market issues that are happening right now, the economic turmoil, the concern, questions, and um, confusion about what we are seeing right now, I think a lot of people are really looking for an outlet, some kind of area, or maybe input, I should say, to find good, solid financial information. And what I want everyone to get out of listening to this show is just a little bit more I guess, confidence about your investments and your knowledge, your abilities, and how to find the information that you need. In other words, if you don't know what you don't know, how are you going to ever get to the point of solving whatever problem it is? So maybe if you pick up a little bit, and even if you don't understand what is being said right now with some of the commentary about Fed fund rates and Fed fund futures. We're talking about maybe something about PE ratios or PEG ratios or maybe even asset and debt. Maybe not all of that is right now something that you're familiar with. I think, and I would bet, that over time, it's going to start sinking in. You're going to understand more and more, and it's become very easy. So the ability for you to get a good education and knowledge in the area of this will help your decisions in the future. So I think that's something that's really important. Um, so what happened this week, right? You know, rates went higher. Just to give you a backdrop of what happened, we knew that there was an FOMC or the Federal Open Market Committee meeting that started on Tuesday where they all get together and they chat. They talk about what is happening in the world of uh, economics and currencies and credit 
and uh, inflation markets, and they talk about what would be the best solution to the current environment. And all of all along, there was this talk about probably seeing a half percent or fifty basis points. There are one hundred basis points in every percent, kind of like a hundred pennies in every dollar. So what you have is half a percent was on the table. We saw inflation was kicking up. And a week ago Friday, there was a CPI number, the Consumer Price Index, that was released. And that showed an 8.6 year-over-year increase in overall inflation. Oh, no, that's a problem. We're talking about 70s-style inflation that was a big problem where we had to come and basically break the back of the financial markets and slow down the economy with a series of very significant rate increases a la Paul Volcker. He was the central bank chief at the time. Very imposing guy, very tall, very much like, uh, ah, you didn't want to mess with this dude. Could have been a professional wrestler. <laughs> I mean, he was a big guy. And Paul Volcker, he put the hammer down. He said, I am going to break the back of this. And this is the time when housing was, uh, uh, and mortgages were in, in 10%. This is when you went to get a CD at the bank and you can get a 30 or 60 day CD for 10, 12, 14%. Yeah, no kidding. I was there. I remember this. I remember going CD shopping with my parents, with my mother. She would take me and she says, you know, if you come with me, Andrew, because, you know, I was like, oh, mom, I don't want to go. If you come with me, I'll give you the change. I'm thinking, what? What does that mean? So what she would do is she would go to the bank and put X amount of dollars into this CD. It wasn't a lot of money, but whatever it was. And whatever the excess that was rounding from the interest that was made during the period, because what she would do is say, as an example, go get $10,000 at 14%. You take that, that's $1,400 a year on that, Right. It's a one-month CD. Maybe it's $120 per month, $123.17. Let's say it was the interest that was earned that month. My mother would get the check for the $10,000 and the $114 and what did I say, $0.13. And the $3.13 she would give me. I'm like, okay, back then it was a good deal. I'll go. Now, of course, you could get a toaster as well if you would go to certain banks. And you can get various other things like coffee makers, coffee pots, uh, dishes, forks, knives, spoons, things like that. The banks were really looking for you to come in. It was great spreads. It was a great opportunity. They wanted to win over these customers. And the customers were like, I'm not going out further than a three-month CD because, you know, if I did uh, one month, I get 14. Three months, I get like 12 and a half. If I go like a year and a half, I'm only down to 10%. Who wants 10% if I can get 14% and I can keep this going? Well, I mean, obviously, we knew that wasn't going to last forever, and if you were back in those days, wouldn't it have been great if you can get like a 10-year treasury or CD or some other bond at 10 to 14%. But nobody wanted it because you can get much higher yields. And the opportunity was that as Paul Volcker was continuing to raise interest rates to break the back of this inflation monster that was out there, what was going to happen was that rates would go up and you would want to get only short-term, turn it over instead of getting 14, maybe next, day, next month I get 15 So one of the things that's happening right now is that the central bank is telegraphing that they want to raise interest rates, and they're not going to back off their communication strategy because they want you to believe that, you know what, they're serious. They did say they made a mistake 
in talking about the transitory nature of inflation, the fact that they should have started raising before, and now they made that bad mistake and they were wrong. So now we should believe them that they're right now. And I got to tell you, we're going to talk about that in a second. I don't think so. Now, maybe the reason that we are not only the ones raising rates anymore is, is something that maybe the Fed said, well, we really need to go more aggressively. And on Wednesday of this week, there was, excuse me, Tuesday of this week, there was a trial balloon that was placed, a Wall Street Journal article that was put out at about 3 p.m. before the markets closed on Tuesday that said, you know, there's a chance, huh? Maybe this reporter that, of course, was a plant, maybe there's a chance that they're going to raise by 75 basis points, three quarters of 1%. And what would that look like? Well, lo and behold, markets got pissed off. So on Tuesday, it dropped very significantly. Several hundred points, lots of money on the Dow and the NASDAQ and everything else just sold off tremendously. Wednesday comes around the Fed. Lo and behold, oh, we're going to increase by three quarters of 1%. And there you are. That's uh, interesting because they're really getting aggressive here. And what's fascinating is that it's not only here. There was an emergency meeting this week by the European Central Banks talking about what was going on with theirs and talking about from Lagarde, who was with the ECB, that maybe they're going to have to start thinking about getting more aggressive with their inflation-taming process of increasing rates. And then you have the Swedish bank, oh no, bank, bank of Sweden or Switzerland? Eh, I think it's Switzerland. Swiss banks. Uh, they had a surprise 50 base point increase this week and Brazil increased. And here we are in a situation where the world, ex-China, ex-Japan, are actually raising rates very significantly because um, what's happening is that there is a diverge, divergence in what's happening in their economies. And I would think that emerging markets, even though there is some inflation there as well, are seeing some very significant hits due to the massive increase in the U.S. dollar, which has a lot to do with Japan and Kuroda, who is just, just hell-bent on breaking the entire system in Japan. I talked about this on Twitter. I tweeted this today. I said probably going to go down in history as the worst financial villain of all times on destroying Japanese the destruction of Japanese wealth for decades and generations. So here we are in a very strange moment of time. We have supply chain issues. We have lockdowns that are still going on in China. On again, off again, Beijing, Shanghai. We have pandemics that are maybe there or not. Endemic. Uh, um, uh, uh, North Korea has some weird... Stomach issue that's going around. We have monkeypox is hard to hear about, right? We have economic slowdowns, wars, massive inflation. But the only thing that's worrying the Fed and everybody else seems to be inflation. That's the only thing. Why is that? The only thing that's worrying is inflation. It's politics. We got midterms coming up. Let's be honest. So now we are all held hostage by these these, these creeps that are desirous of getting back into into office and, and everything needs to be done to fight inflation, even though we may be going down the wrong path. Look, let's be honest. Let's talk. We talk, come closer, stick your headphones a little deeper in your ears, turn the, 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 the airplay up on the car. 
current administration and all its elected officials are going to have a really hard time with gas prices over five bucks. Every day or once a week. But everyday people are greeted with extraordinarily large bills when it comes to filling up their cars. Let's not even talk about trucks. Let's not talk about boats. And people can see the pain every single day. So the idea is to crack the markets in order to get a slowdown and the economy grind it down so that, well, we don't have all of this need to travel and desire and trucking slows down because we're not having deliveries and we got to drop down the price of gas, food. Because all these items that are high when you go and buy hamburgers, chicken and steak and milk and eggs and toilet paper and whatever other product it is, and on top of it, going to fill your tank up as you go do this, it's going to piss off voters. It already has. Now, we know, if you've been listening for a while, we know where this all stems from. It's not just Biden's fault. It's the prior administration as well, because they flooded the markets with extraordinary amounts of money. And Powell and the Fed and all these, there's a lot of blame to go around. However, the only blame that we could really see right now is the people that are sitting. They have to take ownership of what is going on right now and the very, very poor decisions that they have made. And the politicians right now are in survival mode. And don't tell me that the Fed is not political. There's no question. Even though Powell got reappointed and he's in sitting comfortably, they're still political. Let's not kid ourselves. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the Fed this week, much more than we just did, <laughs> and on the economy. Well, the economy we're going to talk about, but uh, because I have a reason. Next week is our guest, Danielle DiMartino Booth. She is scheduled to come on next week, and she's a Fed insider. She's been there. She knows this stuff cold. So we're going to have her on. And we're on the topic of guests. I was on a few shows this week. I was on, you know what? I was back on radio where it all began. AM radio, WAAV, Wilmington, North Carolina, 980 on the AM dial. That was a lot of fun. Uh, talked about a few topics. It was also, I think, posted on Twitter. And uh, there was also another discussion I had with regard to crypto. Good chunk of the discussion we had of what's happening in that world. Um, we're going to touch on that a little bit today because there's many questions about the meltdown and Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other coins out there. And, and what does this Celsius thing have to do with any of this anyway? And for that, I was on the Paul Barron Network. I tweeted that. It's also on YouTube. And then uh, before we get to all of that, I just want to mention that, you know, if you have any questions you want answered that we're not covering and maybe something has been just itching at you saying, hey, you know what? I wish they could talk about this or that. You can get in touch with us and me directly if you want to have your portfolio reviewed in this environment. A lot of people do, so I'm making that available. Just uh, put a little note to me over on thedisciplinedinvestor.com. There's a button at the top that says Ask Andrew. Great way to get in touch and contact. There's other contact ways as well. But if you want to maybe have a second opinion on what's going on, if, in fact, your portfolio is mangled, and maybe it really shouldn't be, 
Damaged? Yes. Mangled? No. And while a lot of people are probably sitting there going, you know, I'm just going to wait till it comes back. I'm just going to hold on till this and that. Uh, number, I'm going to get my money back. I'm not going to take a loss. Bad portfolio management. You need a plan. You need to make sure that you are working on in all aspects of uh, where you want to be, setting yourself up for the future, and whatever the plan may be, whatever it is, you need to make sure you have it. TheDisciplineInvestor.com, also on Twitter, Andrew Horowitz. Uh, one word, one word, Andrew Horowitz. All right, so what about the economy? Let's get down to really what's happening right here and try to then move this into why are stocks having such a problem right now in totality? Individually, we see names that are down 50, 60, 70% all over the place, right? Hopefully not stuck in any of those. We see the markets themselves down 20, 30%. So what about this? I mean, the Fed tells us the economy is strong, but what we're seeing, there's plenty of weakness. And there's going to be more weakness. Let's go through some of this. The June Philadelphia Fed index was down 3.3 versus plus 5, which was the consensus. The prior was also up. The Philly Fed is one of the ones that I look at because it's a major manufacturing hub right there. And showing it down in contraction or negative, that's a problem. May building permits, 1.695 million. This is uh, annualized and this is seasonally. Uh, versus 1.8 million consensus. Prior was revised also about in line. Weekly continuing claims up a little bit. Uh, to 1.312 million. And the prior was revised higher, so we have more people on unemployment. May housing starts, 1.549 million versus 1.73 million consensus. And the prior was revised a little bit higher, but think about it. When you go from interest rates on the 30-year mortgage at 3.5, 4% at the beginning of the year, to where we are now, it's six, almost 6.5%. A 1% increase over the last week? Hmm, no wonder there's a problem in the housing area that is going to start trickling at, down. No wonder why Redfin put out an announcement yesterday that said that the house price drops over the last week has hit, another, has hit an all-time high of uh, price drops since they've been keeping records. Now, they're not going back to the 1940s. Redfin hasn't been around that long. But clearly, we're seeing a very substantial move for people that wanted to put their house on the market, said, you know what, I better do this soon, to now like, oh my God, I better get this sold, so I'm going to drop the price. Very standard cycle that we see. May industrial production, 0.2 versus 0.5 expectations. And the prior was revised a little bit higher, so we got to take that with a grain of salt. Crude oil dropping hard, interestingly enough, on the week. Uh, and the energy-related companies getting hit very hard. Now, the oil is very interesting because a lot of what's going on with the oil, as we know, is we deal with the reopening trade, summertime travel. I find it very interesting that right before the weekend here, uh, an extended weekend, and probably into where we're going to get in the next two weeks with Father's Day, that there seems to be some very significant pricing pressure to the downside. You have to wonder if someone isn't uh, playing along with the idea that people are going to recognize a benefit if oil prices come down. But I don't know, what, is gas going to come down from 5 bucks national average to four fifty? Is anybody going to be happy about that? I don't think so. 
Markets down about 5 to 8% for the week. Pretty ugly. Seems a lot of uh, overreaction to certain parts of the news that we already knew. Again, oil got crushed because there's a lot of talk about you know oil continuing higher, peaking out at 150. Friday came in up to about 109, which is down very substantially for the week. And that's probably from a, a few different things that are going on. You can't have a global expansion and the idea that we are going into recession all in the same breath, right? It doesn't work. Either we're going to have rates higher that are going to slow down the economy that could push us into a recession. And even if it's not a recession, which I think we're already in, by the way, it doesn't matter if we put on the, the title. But I think we're already in a recession. And that being the case, that makes sense that oil's coming down. Isn't that what the Fed is trying to do? Trying to cut down prices? And if the market gets in the way of it, so be it right now. There's plenty of time for the markets to recover. Companies are nimble. But we got to bring down prices because if we don't, there's going to be less money to be spent. The whole hogwash that you hear the talking heads on these various channels talk about how, you know, gas prices down are really good for the consumer, but gas prices up don't really impact the consumer is a bunch of BS. We know that when we see these kind of moves that are so sharp and parabolic in nature of oil prices and then the float through to the pump, which is then impacted by uh, or to the consumer because there's only so much money to go around. Well, the truth of the matter is it hurts a lot of areas. So what's going to happen is when we see that there are substantial amounts of pockets of weakness that are happening, it makes sense that that is what is supposed to be happening because essentially what is going on is the reverse of an expansionary period that we had post-pandemic. Trying to bring the economy down. I think they're going at it a little bit too aggressively, frankly, because they're going to get an overshoot that is very hard landing very quickly, which is playing out not only in the equity markets and the bond markets, but it's also playing out, starting to play out in other areas um, and, and causing some problems like what we're seeing in the crypto space. And let's take a second and talk about that and then come back to a, a discussion I want to have in um, about, about a few areas, specifically the cruise lines. But let's talk about for just a moment the whole, the meltdown last week of cryptocurrencies. You know, we saw Bitcoin just drop to the 20,000 plus range. We saw that Ethereum's just over 1,000 and change. Hmm. Is this the Beanie Babies realization? Well, maybe. But what actually went on? One of the problems we have with all this new tech and finance and all these really brilliant people that are loving all this digital fintech stuff is that they're finaglers. They're schemers. They're always trying to figure an angle. And the angle they saw was, you know, 
We could take this. We could leverage it up. We could have people that set, uh, buy into this, the idea that if they just take their Bitcoin, if they just take their Ethereum, and they put it on, on, on deposit with us, we'll pay them a fee of 10, 12, 14% for doing nothing. Just leave it here with us. Just leave. We'll, we'll back it, of course, whoever they are. And people were like, yeah, hey, why should I leave my money on a drive, even though it's safe? Or why should I leave my money at, I don't know, Coinbase? when I can actually go out to a Celsius. I don't know what they exactly do, but you know what? What the hell? I'll put my Bitcoin on deposit there. So you put your Bitcoin on deposit there and they pay you this money. Never thinking about what could go wrong. What, what, could, what could happen? And lo and behold, what they were doing to get that, nobody asked any questions, right? Oh, I don't know, they, they put my money there, they give me 14%. That's fantastic. Well, what happened was they were leveraging it and re-leveraging it and then lending it out in such a way that they didn't have enough money on deposit, never dreaming that Bitcoin could drop so dramatically. Never dreaming that this investment that has had extreme volatilities over the years could possibly get there again. That Michael Saylor could be wrong. That Pomp could be wrong. That maybe there is a little bit more to really understand about what's going on here. And Celsius Network, which took everybody's money and leveraged it out and then uh, lent it out, all of a sudden realized after this big move that, uh, you know, <laughs> we can't cover this. We got a problem. They halted all withdrawals of any coins on their site. Now, one of the rules is, rule number one, we talked about this on DH Unplugged this week, never tell people they can't get to their money. Never, ever, never, ever. That's what they did. Now we got to run on Bitcoin. People are thinking, oh my gosh, I got my Bitcoin on this exchange or that exchange. What happens if they do the same thing and all of a sudden locked out? So people are not necessarily just going and withdrawing and moving it to a cold storage device, possibly. No, what they're doing is just selling the hell out. Now I'm done. And we're seeing this major move lower. Now, that could create some opportunities when reality sets back in that this was concentrated in a few areas. But at the same time, what we're seeing is that there is a significant amount of worry right now that where else does it extend to? How many others? There was another one that was shut down also this week. I forgot their name, but they also stopped withdrawals. That does not do much for confidence. So here we are when all of a sudden things are slowing down, liquidity is being limited. This is all related. That's why we keep coming back to all of this. It's all related. High tide. You don't see the mess. Low tide. When things aren't so good, you see all the junk. You see the used condoms, the broken glass, the beer bottles. You see the, 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 uh, the junk and muck and garbage and the bones and skeletons that were in the closet come up very clearly. And that is what's going on right now. It is a cycle that we see over and over and again. If you haven't learned anything from me over the years, Remember the one thing that we talk about. Cycles can be different. They're not broken. They can be longer, shorter, taller, fatter, wider. They could be all sorts of ways different. 
but they are not over. The cycles that we see happen time and time again because we have human nature and, frankly, greed and fear. We have greed and fear. And that is a major issue. When we look at, you can look at um, various uh, indicators like the, the CNN fear and greed investor sentiment. Where are we now? Let's see. Currently, uh, we're at a 14 extreme fear. One month ago, we were at 15. One week ago, we were at 28. One year ago, we were still at a 42, which is a kind of towards the neutral side. And this takes into a lot of things into consideration, but we're in extreme fear right now. And when we look at this, you know, we, we the last time we got, we had greed uh, April 5th, 2022, which dissipated dramatically. The height was really November 12th of 2021. Greed was at 77, pretty high levels. And then it started to change dramatically. But usually those levels are oftentimes indications, not necessarily absolute, but the wrong side. When we're in fear mode, we should really be thinking, well, you know, is there opportunity? We're in greed mode, we say, you know what, should I take off some of my risk? That's what should be happening. But usually what we get is quite the opposite because we have human beings and their emotions that are running things. And even the human beings created the DeFi and the lending programs not knowing what was there. You should actually go into and find out more about the person that was in charge of the development of the lending program at Celsius. Uh, let's just say not necessarily who you would think would be behind such a endeavor in terms of background uh, and what they did in the past. Let's just say there was uh, some questions about their abilities and their uh, mathematical equation writing, understanding about the possible risk management implications. Let's just say that. But you know what? Do yourself a favor. Take a look at it. Let me look it up real quickly. I think um, it was the Celsius, Celsius Networks, um, and uh, it was the, it was the, uh, this, uh, I don't know. You look it up. Find out who built their lending program. Uh, it would be lending, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so take a look at that. I think you'll find it very interesting what's going on there. So anyway, uh, Bitcoin was happening there. Let's let's um, let's 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 segue into this other. I want to talk about first line, first level thinking. And what does that mean? What am I talking about? What why am I even bringing this up? Because I had a conversation earlier today, and somebody brought up this concept of well, I hold a few stocks, and um, you know, I'm thinking that or I want to buy them or I don't want to buy them. And this conversation went around in circles, and I started to think about okay, well, let's talk about. And focusing on the cruise lines, for example, something that this person wanted to talk about. And I said, well, what are you thinking? And um, I said, well, you know what? I don't think it's a good idea because there's a problem. And I said, what's that? Well, you know, fuel prices are going up. I'm like, uh-huh. And I said, then the pandemic is probably not ending right now. We're seeing what's happening in China. Uh-huh. And there's a concern about going on the, the cruises and the recession, people not spending. Uh-huh. All these things were the obvious points. Now, look, Carnival Cruise Line's down 55% year-to-date. For the week, it was down about 16%. Uh, 
RCL, Royal Caribbean, down about 21% this week, or 20% by the end, I guess. Delta Airlines, another travel and leisure, right? Down 15% for the week and 24% year to date. Wait, wait, wait a second. What? I thought the planes were, you know, it was impact. You get, the, you get the picture, right? You understand. So this conversation I had was right on the heels of a tweet that I sent out that said, you know, I'm looking at these particular companies, particularly in the, in, in the uh, specifically in the, in the cruising area. I'm looking at Royal Caribbean. I'm looking at uh, Carnival Cruise Lines. I'm looking at uh, Norwegian. And they're at just about pandemic lows, the lows when everything was being shut down. And why is that? And I started thinking, well, maybe there's an opportunity here because everybody is doing this first level thinking, which is what we all know, that oil prices are going up and the pandemic is not stopping in China. And we have travel issues and restrictions and problems and, 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 and the recession and all the different things that we're thinking about. But you know what? Those are all the things that maybe were priced in already is one, how I want you to get to be thinking. Maybe they're all priced in already. Now, what could go right? And if it does go right, what happens to these names? Right? Well, we could have the war ending. Ha! What would happen then? Oil prices will come down, right? Maybe the pandemic fears will abate a bit. People are choosing to spend on personal pleasure, maybe even throughout a recessionary period. And you know what happened on Friday, what happened on Friday was that oil prices eased dramatically throughout the day. We talked about this a minute ago. They eased substantially. And these companies saw their stock prices hurl higher. Directly correlated to the price of, of oil in the inverse sense, where we had Oil moving down, obviously better for the profitability of these kinds of companies, and their stocks took off. Now, there could be a little bit of short-selling covering going on. Uh, there could be the the uh, options expiration on Friday. But, you know, uh, Mies thinks something is a little bit different than that. I do think that there's a lot of people thinking about what is going on right now at this exact moment and making decisions based on what they see right now. Frankly, there's a lot of that going around. We need to stay, start thinking a little bit further out. Maybe not two, three, four years, but just think six months out from here. Maybe even three months out from here. And while everybody else is thinking about how oil prices are only going to go up forever, because we can only see one direction, right? How the pandemic is just never going to end and monkeypox is going to take over. And how the war is going to continue and go on. For all these things are what could already be basic theory priced in. The base case is what most people talk about it as. First level thinking. Let's go one step or even two steps beyond that and think about where this could be. If you would have had the gumption to look at the pricing on Friday and seen that Royal Caribbean, Nor Nor Norwegian, and Carnival 
Delta Airlines, JetBlue, if you were to see where they were and oil was starting to roll and the potential for us to see that if, in fact, we are going to see a recession, if you could think through this, and that would be less oil utilized and therefore the oil market is starting to sell off a bit, at least if not temporarily, maybe top out, maybe. And maybe this is the worst case scenario that we're seeing right now and everybody panicking, just puking out these companies. Maybe there was something in there for you to have an opportunity to invest in. Again, just something to think about different than the obvious. Because oftentimes when it comes to investing, it's like looking at an iceberg. There's a small amount that maybe even looks like a mountain that's sticking out from the water, but the mass is well beneath the surface that you really need to go and look at to understand not only the totality of what is going on, but really what others are not seeing. So looking beneath the surface, outside, around, above, beyond, is what we're talking about here. This level of thinking that is beyond what everybody else is doing. Right now, everybody's knickers are in a panic about interest rates that are going up as fast as they are. Bond prices, which also collapsed to a degree, came down a bit, after the Fed with the realization of what's happening, that probably they're going to slow down too fast and they just can't go as far. And all the other things that are meshing together to get us next level thinking. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm telling you during a downtrend to go catch a falling knife as that would have be the case if you were to buy any of the names I just talked about in the travel and leisure section. But start thinking about when the time comes, where are the opportunities? Sometimes the greatest opportunities are uncovered during times of stress. You know, you've heard the old blood in the streets concept. And I'm not telling you to go run out and do that right now. But you know you should have some powder dry, some opportunities ready to go. Make yourself ready to hear. Make yourself open to the possibility of thinking about what am I not seeing here? Maybe there's more that meets the eye. Maybe everybody thinks, oh, my God, we're just selling off the Bitcoin and all that. And all the metaverse stocks are going to hell in a handbasket. Is there an opportunity in A, B, or C? So... Important to remember, important to look at. All right, so we talked about first-level thinking, second-level thinking, um, and and, uh, the idea of going beyond. What else is happening? Well, we did see a very significant, as we talked about a minute ago, the sentiment indicators, but a different sentiment indicator, the key reversal indicator, touched on a negative 5 out of 7, negative 7 to positive 7. Negative 5 is pretty severe, Don't get that very much and what I call clusters. So if you can imagine, we start seeing a cluster pattern that is developing of levels below, let's say, negative three, negative four, negative five. When we see that, that has often been a reasonable time to start thinking about, well, maybe it's time to start pushing back in the market. Now, that has happened over the last number of years, and that was in a time when the Fed and monetary policy was easy. So buying the dip was easier. And now we're all scared. Now, meanwhile, let's be honest. How many out there, and you, I'm talking to you right now, 
I'm like, you know, I sat on the sideline for so long. The next time there is a major move down on equities, I am going in. I may not go in fully, but I'm going to start pushing money in. And then here we are. You're like, uh-oh, it's going lower. And if it comes up, ah, it's only temporary because we get trained that these rallies are just short-covering rallies. There will be one rally eventually that is real. Mark my word. Whether it's now, three months from now, six months from now, or whenever. But if you've committed to thinking about investing some of the money that's on the sideline when there is the opportunity, make sure you understand where the opportunity lies. And when we see a Spearman down in the negative 90 level, and we see the McClellan down, where we have clusters of stocks, where only five stocks in the S&P were up last Thursday, where we're seeing um, a, an advanced decline line that what I think was twice last week of 15 or 18 to 1 in favor of the decliners. Pretty compelling if, in fact, you were possibly looking for that quote-unquote capitulation point, the capitulation that everybody's talking about. I'm not a big fan of looking for that because it's, it's, it's undefinable. What I like to do is find severely oversold levels and think about maybe if I'm underinvested, doing something, possibly, not definitely. But there's a lot that's happening that obviously needs to be dealt with with a long weekend, uh, option expiration, and the fact that we reached our the 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 depths of awfulness just this week, because the government has no plan. They have a blame game. That's the big issue that's going on right now, and there's a lack of confidence. And I've said this once, I've said it a thousand times, that the whole market, the entire structure of what we see in the markets is all based on confidence. Your life, what you do, is based on confidence. Are you confident in your job, in the world of finance? And if so, you will spend. You may go out and spend more money because you believe you're going to be getting a raise and making more money over time and confident in the fact that you don't have to worry about putting money aside. But when times come and they get lean, you're out of a job, you're worried about your job, something happens that is uh, problematic in your life and your world, then what happens is that you get into a situation where that confidence wanes and you start slowing down your spending. It's natural. It's not just you, it's others too. That's when we get into recessions. So the confidence that is broken right now that has been um, brought to us by not only high prices, thank you very much, but also the lack of clarity domestically and abroad with all the headwinds that are going on right now, that is really the summation of what we're dealing with with the markets and the lack of stability on a daily basis is because we have such a lack of confidence combined with the idea of price discovery. Where some people are just saying, I don't care, get me out at any price. Some people are saying, maybe at this point, get me in at any price. But there is a, a lack of agreement as to where prices should be right now and why things are moving around so rapidly. 
So we talked about first level thinking, second level, second order, first order, whatever you want to call it. But that's important for you to think about as a lesson today as to where do we want to think about things are going dependent on other ideas that we have in our mind. And I think we're just going to end with this. Take your preconceptions about what is and what is not and throw it right out the window and go and look at something. I don't care if it's a tree, uh, your partner, or the stock market in a different way. Try to not bring all that baggage to the table and think about what else can I be doing, whether it's changing up your investment style, working with an advisor, whether it's you know, entirely um, begging off and stop looking every single day. I don't know, but try to do something different and see how that works for a while. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at how successful you'll probably be due to the fact that you have a different perspective that you're looking through. So change that prism, which you're looking at things in your life, the understanding you have, the beliefs that you have. Maybe you would have been able to get into those cruise lines when they were dipping so hard and possibly the turnaround to be a great investment. Look at the charts on those. Pretty uh, pretty staggering move last few weeks. I'm going to end it right there. Thank you so much for joining me this week and every week. Like I said, next week, Danielle DiMartino Booth is our guest, a Fed Insider. Check out uh, everything we have. And of course, if you want to work together, I'd love to work with you. So we do. We invest money for our clients. You'll, uh, I think you'll find it a very interesting relationship. Something that uh, you have to check out. Over on thedisciplineinvestor.com. Send me a note. Love to talk to you. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Have a great uh, Juneteenth, Father's Day, everything that goes with that. I'll see you again next week. Nothing discussed in this podcast should be considered a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Past performance is no indication of future results. In addition, the information presented is not intended to be used as a sole basis of any investment decisions, nor should be construed as advice designed to meet the individual needs of any particular investor. Nothing herein constitutes legal, accounting, or tax advice, or individually tailored investment advice. Remember, investing involves substantial risk. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results and a loss of original capital may occur. No one receiving or accessing this information should make any investment decision without first consulting his or her own personal financial advisor and conducting his or her own research and due diligence, including carefully reviewing any applicable prospectuses, press releases, reports, and other public filings of the issuer of any securities being considered. Please consider this for educational purposes only. As always, use your best judgment when investing. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida, and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.